Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. With this Sunday being Mother's Day, today's show is dedicated to moms everywhere, no matter what type of mother you are, and there are all types. So this show is for you. And if you are still thinking about what to buy your mom, there's no surprise that I'm going to suggest that you buy her a book. But um, listen, keep listening. And really, I have no ulterior motives. I can promise you my own children are not listening to this show. And my own mother's not listening either because she doesn't live in this country anyway. So no ulterior motives here. Um, Nothing that I'm looking for out of this. And perhaps you'll find something that your mom will like. If you're the mom in question, perhaps you'll find something that you can hint about. But um, in my experience, hinting doesn't really help. Just tell them directly what you want because uh, none of us are really mind readers. Well, maybe there's one or two among us, but better to just tell them directly what it is that you would like. So I'm going to start. Well, actually, I'm going to take a leaf out of Rabbi Yehuda Stern's book. And he's been talking a lot lately in Shul about tradition and why we keep traditions and how often we just do things without knowing why we do them or how these traditions started, whether it's family tradition or um, religious tradition. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what Mother's Day actually is, where it began and how it began. So we know that Mother's Day is a celebration that honors the mother of the family or the individual, or it honors motherhood, maternal bonds, the influence that moms have in society, and it's celebrated on different days in many parts of the world, most commonly in the months of March or May, and it complements similar, similar celebrations. These days it's largely pushed by commercial interests and There are other days that honor different family members. There's Father's Day, Siblings Day, Grandparents Day. There's many others. And I know that that these days the the current version of Mother's Day has been criticized for having become too commercialized. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about the person who started Mother's Day. And we're going to take a short, short break, and we're going to get back to it, and you're going to find out where Mother's Day began. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. So before the break, I was telling you about the tradition of Mother's Day. We celebrate Mother's Day this coming Sunday, and... Often we just, you know, it's Mother's Day. We know it's Mother's Day. We spoil our moms. And, but where, where did it start? What is it? So the modern holiday of Mother's Day as we know it was first celebrated in 1907 when somebody by the name of Anna Jarvis held the first Mother's Day service of worship at Andrews Methodist Episcopal Church in Grafton, West Virginia. And Andrews Methodist Church now holds the International Mother's Day Shrine, and her campaign to make Mother's Day a recognized holiday in the United States began in 1905, which was when her own mother, Anne Reeves Jarvis, died. And she had been a peace activist activist who cared for wounded soldiers on both sides of the American Civil War. And she herself created 
what she called Mother's Day work clubs to address public health issues. And she and another peace activist and a suffragette, Julia Ward Howe, had been urging for the creation of Mother's Day for Peace, where mothers would ask that their husbands and sons were no longer killed in wars. And 40 years before it actually became an official, official holiday, Ward Howe had made her Mother's Day proclamation proclamation in 1870, which called upon mothers of all nationalities to get together and promote what she called the amicable, amicable settlement of international questions, the great and general interests of peace. And Anna Jarvis wanted this honoured, and she wanted a day set aside to honour all mothers because she believed that a mother is the person who has done more for you than anyone in the world. But in 1908, the following year, when she had, after she had appealed to the U.S. Congress, Congress rejected her proposal to make Mother's Day an official holiday, joking that they would also have to proclaim, heaven forfend, a mother-in-law's day. However, owing to her efforts, by 1911, all U.S. states observed the holiday, with some of them actually officially recognizing Mother's Day as a local holiday the first of them being her actual home state, which was in 1910. And in 1914, Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation designating Mother's Day, held on the second Sunday in May, as a national holiday to honour mothers. And although she started Mother's Day as a liturgical service, um, it was founded as a celebration, she then, after that, became quite resentful of the commercialization of the holiday. And then by the early 1920s, when Hallmark Cards and other companies had started selling Mother's Day cards, she believed that they'd all misinterpreted and exploited her idea. And that the, she said that the, the original emphasis of the holiday was actually meant to be on sentiment, not on profit. And she started to organize boycotts of Mother's Day and she threatened to issue lawsuits against the companies involved. And she she argued that people should appreciate and honor their mothers through handwritten letters, expressing love and gratitude. I mean, look how far we've come from that. And uh, she was protesting. She protested at a candy makers convention in Philadelphia in 1923, and she was even arrested for disturbing the peace. And... You know, gradually, internationally, they started to to become uh, immediate concerns surrounding the exclusive association of Mother's Day with a biological definition of motherhood. And, you know, things, you know, you start something and you watch how it develops. You watch how it spirals out of control. And things have changed. Things have evolved. Um, I know where my mom lives. She lives in, in the U.K., And there they have Mothering Sunday, and that is always on the fourth Sunday in Lent. It's three weeks before Easter. And originally that was a day when domestic servants were given the day off to to visit their mother church, which is why it's called Mothering Sunday. But um, in most countries today, Mother's Day is an observance derived from the holiday as it evolved in in America. And it's, it's promoted by companies who saw benefit for themselves in making it popular. And... You know, it's developed from there, and the extent of the celebrations varies greatly, and and in many countries it is potentially offensive to one's mother not to mark Mother's Day. So take care in how you recognize your mom this coming Sunday. So, uh, yeah. So let's get on to the books. What are you going to buy your mom? 
So I've got a bit of a selection, depending on, everyone's got a different type of mom. And if your mom's the type of mom who likes self-help books, there's moms who like thrillers, fiction, soppy books, romance, all different types. So maybe there's something here for her. Maybe there's some recipe books and you could cook something for your mother, make her a nice breakfast or a nice lunch or brunch, you know, or maybe some moms like to cook for their families and uh, you can buy her a nice book and she can try out some new recipes on all of you. So the first book is the latest from Brené Brown and she is a favorite um, for many. Her latest book is absolutely stunning. It's called Atlas of the Heart, Mapping Meaningful Connection and the Language of Human Experience. And in this book, she takes us on a journey through 87 of the emotions and experiences that define what it means to be human. And as she maps the necessary skills and an actionable framework for meaningful connection, she gives us the language and tools to access a universe of new choice and second chances, a, a universe where we can share and steward the stories of our bravest and most heartbreaking moments with one another in a way that builds connection. Over the past two decades, Brené Brown has extensively researched the experiences that make us who we are and that, make, that have shaped the cultural conversation and helped define what it means to be courageous with our lives. And um, if you are a fan of Brené Brown, you know, you'll know that she, she writes a lot and speaks a lot about courage and what it means to be courageous. And Atlas of the Heart draws on this research as well as on her own skills as a storyteller to show us how accurately naming an experience doesn't necessarily give it more power. It gives us the power of understanding, meaning and choice. And Brené herself says, I want this book to be an atlas for all of us because I believe that with an adventurous heart and the right maps, we can travel anywhere and never fear losing ourselves. It's really a stunning book. It's a, a hardcover book. It's really the type of, of gift book that you would gift to someone. So it really does make a perfect Mother's Day book. It's got fabulous photography and illustrations. It's got full page colorful quotes and it's really a gorgeous book. So if your mom or you yourself are a Brené Brown fan, this is the perfect gift. It's called Atlas of the Heart. Another um, great book, if your mom is into self-help, or if you yourself are into self-help, is Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before? It's by Julia Smith. And she is a clinical psychologist. She is very popular online. She provides the skills in this book that you need to navigate common life challenges and to take charge of your emotional and mental health. And although she's been an online sensation for many years, this is her debut book. It's filled with secrets from a therapist's toolkit, and it will teach you how to fortify and maintain your mental health through the most trying of times. It's a, a fabulous book. It's got great short, sharp chapters with summaries at the end of each one. It's got great, powerful coping techniques and um, really a great book to find specific information and guidance um, for mental well-being. This is called Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before by Julie Smith. I love it when you this is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. 
So before the break, I was telling you about what books to get your mom for Mother's Day. And if your mom is the kind of mom who takes a book everywhere she goes, and if she travels with a book, and I mean, who doesn't? Okay, I know there are plenty of you who don't. There's a stunning gift that I received as a birthday present. It's, do you remember when you were at school and you had those book bags and you hung them on the back of your chair or they were library bags? I received this most stunning gift. It's called a book cozy. It's C-O-Z-I. And it's this, this little, it's like a pouch, I suppose. It's gorgeous. And I think you can get them with all different designs. I look them up online. Um, just do a Google search, I guess, for book cozy. It's the most gorgeous gift. And if your mom's the kind of mom who schleps a book everywhere with her, this is, it's a unique gift. It's something different. She probably doesn't have one. So, okay, so you probably won't get it in time for Mother's Day. But uh, yeah, a book cozy. Go and have a look for that. So um, the next book is, I don't have it, I haven't read it. It's called My Mess is a Bit of a Life. Adventures in Anxiety by Georgia Pritchett. And apparently Georgia Pritchett is a singularly hilarious person. Now, I'm giving away my age here. Do you remember Seinfeld? Um, well, Seinfeld had a sidekick called Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I think she had her own show at one point. And that's how she describes Georgia Pritchett as a singularly hilarious person. And she says that this book is a delightful and perfect reflection of her. Its tenderness sneaks up on you and really packs a punch. What a magnificent read. And when Georgia Pritchett found herself lost for words, a bit of a predicament for a comedy writer, she turned to a therapist who suggested she try writing down some of the things that worried her. But instead of a grocery list of concerns, Georgia wrote this book. A natural-born worrywart, Georgia's life has been defined by her quirky anxiety. During childhood, she was agitated about the monsters under her bed. Were they comfy enough? Going into labor, she fretted about making a fuss. Sorry to interrupt, but the baby is coming out of my body, I said politely. Winning a prestigious award, she agonized over receiving free gifts after the ceremony. She explains it was an excruciating experience, mortifying. Soul-bearing yet light-hearted, poignant yet written with a healthy dose of self-deprecation, My Mess is a Bit of a Life is a tour through the carnival funhouse of Georgia's life from her anxiety-ridden anxiety early childhood where disaster loomed around every corner. She says that when she was little, she used to think that sheep were clouds that had fallen to earth. And on cloudy days, she used to worry that she would be squashed by a sheep. Through the challenges of breaking into an industry dominated by male writers, to the exquisite terror and incomparable joy of raising children, it's delightfully offbeat, painfully honest, full of surprising wonders, and delivering plenty of hilarious laugh-out-loud moments. My mess is a bit of a life, reveals a talented, vulnerable, and strong woman in all her wise-cracking weirdness, and makes us love it and her too. That's My Mess is a Bit of a Life by Georgia Pritchett. I think it sounds fabulous, and I can't wait to read it. If you haven't heard of the local fabulousness that is chasing Marion, then 
I think you've been hiding under a rock. It's written by four of our most favorite local authors, Amy Haydenrich, Connie Teloxton, Pamela Power, and Gail Schimmel. And they actually wrote it during lockdown, during hard lockdown. Remember that. And they were all in isolation. So that was a bit of a story in itself. And it's about how that first year of isolation when the Franschhoek Literary Festival was supposed to happen and Marion Keyes was supposed to be a guest at that Franschhoek Literary Festival and then the whole thing got cancelled and obviously Marion Keyes was no longer coming to South Africa and they decided they were going to write a book about this. But how and what were they going to write? So this is the result of that project. It's fabulous. It's funny. Get your hands on this. It's called Chasing Marion. Don't make the mistake of reading it too quickly because it's something to be savoured. It's about four strangers, two cities, one chance online meeting. And these are the four strangers. Jess is a yummy mummy of two whose life is slowly unravelling and who has recently separated from her husband. Ginger is a happily widowed granny with a salty tongue and a wicked sense of humour. The gorgeous and sensitive Matt is an almost qualified psychologist who still lives, lives with his parents. And Queenie, a librarian from Cape Town, has an absent boyfriend and a secret writing habit. What could these four strangers possibly have in common? They're all diehard Marion Keys fans. And when they hear that Marion is due to visit South Africa to attend a literary festival, they are all desperate to meet her. Together they come up with a madcap plan. Will they succeed or will life intervene? This is really a fabulous book. Um, I highly recommend it. It's called Chasing Marion. It's by Amy Haydenrich, Carnita Loxton, Pamela Power and Gail Schimmel. Yes, you heard right. Four authors wrote one book together. And if your mom enjoys fun, enjoyable, just light-hearted books, then this one's a must. The next one also, fun, and I think it's just come out. I haven't read it, but her previous book was highly enjoyable. It's called The No Show by Beth O'Leary. It's about three women who seemingly have nothing in common, but they discover that they're involved with the same man. And this is a, a also a fun, enjoyable, but smart new rom-com by Beth O'Leary. And she wrote The Flat Share, which was a huge success. Siobhan is a quick-tempered life coach with way too much on her plate. Miranda is a tree surgeon who is used to, be treat, be, to being treated as one of the guys on the job. Jane is a soft-spoken volunteer for the local charity shop with zero sense of self-worth. These three women are strangers who only have one thing in common. They've all been stood up on the same day, the very worst day to be stood up, Valentine's Day. And unbeknownst to them, they've all been stood up by the same man. Once they've each forgiven him for standing them up, they led him back into their lives. I will not judge. And they're in serious danger of falling in love with a man who seems to have not just one or two, but three women on the go. Is there more to him than meets the eye? And will they each untangle the truth before they all get their hearts broken? It sounds like 
a lot of fun. And Beth O'Leary usually does not disappoint. So this is the No Show by Beth O'Leary. And if you've read The Flat Share, then there's no doubt that you'll probably enjoy this one. And so will your mom. So go and get this one. This one sounds very interesting. It's called The Unsinkable Greta James. It's by Jennifer Smith, Jennifer E. Smith. Greta James's meteoric rise to indie stardom was hard won. Before she graced magazine covers and sold out venues, she spent her girl girlhood strumming her guitar in the family garage, and her first fan was her mom, Helen. Her face shone bright in the dusty downtown bars where she got her start, but not everyone encouraged Greta to follow her dreams. While many daydream about a crowd chanting their name, her father, Conrad, saw only a precarious life ahead for his daughter. You know what they say about daddies and their daughters and daddy's girls? Greta spent her life trying to prove him wrong, but three months after her mother Helen's sudden death and weeks before the launch of her high-stakes album, Greta has an onstage meltdown that goes viral. Attempting to outrun the humiliation and heartbreak, she reluctantly agrees to accompany her father on a week-long Alaskan cruise, the one that her parents had booked to celebrate their 40th anniversary. This could be the James family's last chance to heal old wounds and will prove to be a voyage of discovery for them, as well as for Ben Wilder, a historian also struggling with a major upheaval in his life. Ben is on board to lecture about Jack London's The Call of the Wild, the adventure story that Greta's mother adored, and he captures Greta's att attention after her streak of dating hanger-ons. As Greta works to build up her confidence and heal, and Ben confronts his uncertain future, they need to rely on each other to make sense of life's difficult choices. And in the end, Greta must make the most challenging decision of all, to listen to the song within her or make peace with those who love her. This is about an indie musician reeling from tragedy who reconnects with her estranged father on a week-long cruise, and it's a tale of grief, fame, and love. And, you know, Mother's Day is about family, it's about moms, family relationships, and that's what this story's about. It's The Unsinkable Greta James by Jennifer E. Smith. If you or your mom are, is, are a fan of the royal family. This one is an absolute classic. It's a collector's edition. It's called The Queen, 70 Years of Majestic Style. It's a hardback copy. It really is absolutely stunning. It's by Beth and Holt, and it's, it's a photographic edition. It's uh, how... Queen Elizabeth II, currently still on the throne, will she ever give it up? Um, it's how she's evolved over the past 70 years and how she transformed from a 25-year-old princess into the monarch that she is today, respected and loved the world over. Okay, not by everyone, but she is a respected and loved monarch. She's a woman whose views are never heard. She's, she's silent and she's regal as a queen should be, and she has deployed fashion as a means to communicate and signal her position to the crowds who gather to see her in public 
and the millions who watch her television broadcasts. And she herself has said, I must be seen to be believed. Her evolving attitude to dress reflects a visual landscape that began as genteel reportage in mostly black and white and has over the years evolved into, day, into today's Technicolor 24-7 news cycle, flashed around the world in seconds and driven by social media. Incredibly, in her 70th year as monarch, the Queen feels as relevant as ever before and she is undoubtedly a style icon. The Queen, 70 years of majestic style, celebrates the fashion evolution of Elizabeth II in her unprecedented platinum jubilee year. And really, no matter how you feel about the royals and their scandals and everything that, that goes on around them, and there is a lot, one has to admire the Queen and the way she holds her head up and carries on and, you know, keeps that, that stiff upper lip as one is wont to do. And this book is just simply stunning and really uh, uh, something to behold. It's The Queen's 70 Years of Majestic Style and it's authored by Bethan Holt, a beautiful photographic tribute. Here's the one about cooking. You want to make something healthy and this is energy boosting. This is feel good food from Joel Wicks. You may know him as the body coach. And this is the food that makes your day because what we eat has a huge impact on how we feel. And Joe Wicks, I mean, he's all about energy and health. And this is a book from, he's got energy boosting breakfasts to satisfy fa satisfying family feasts. And he's created over 100 quick and tasty recipes that will put a spring in your step and have you feeling your best. Easy weeknight dinners, home cooking hacks, energy packs, snacks, delicious food to feed a crowd. And these are nutritious meals that are designed for energy and balance and that will take the stress out of healthy home cooking. And it's packed with feel-good food that everyone will love. And he's really made it easy to eat well. He's... Really, he's like a, an, an energizer bunny. And if you, I mean, Joel Wicks, Joe Wicks is, he's amazing. So if you want to make something for mom for Mother's Day, or if you want her to just, you know, change the way your family eats, then maybe this one is for you or for your mom. Feel Good Food from Joe Wicks, uh, the body coach. And um, the next one is, this is a gem. I ca cannot rave about this book enough. I absolutely love it. It's called The Things You Can See Only When You Slow Down. Guidance on the Path to Mindfulness from a Spiritual Leader. It's an absolute, it's a real, it's a real gift book. It's by, I can never pronounce his name properly, so I hope I do it justice, by Heyman Sunim. He is a mindfulness guide he is a renowned Buddhist meditation teacher who was born in Korea and educated in the United States. And he says that the world moves fast. And that doesn't mean that we have to. It illuminates a path to inner peace and balance amid the overwhelming demands of everyday life. 
He offers guideposts to well-being and happiness in eight areas, including relationships, love, and spirituality, and emphasizes the importance of forging a deeper connection with others and being compassionate and forgiving towards ourselves. It's an absolutely beautiful book that combines his teaching teachings with calming, full-color illustrations and simple messages that speak directly to the anxieties that have become part of modern life and remind us of the strength and joy that come from slowing down. This book is hugely popular globally. Um, Heyman Sunim is a Zen meditation teacher whose teachings really transcend religion, borders, and ages. He has huge insight and compassion drawn from a life full of change. And he really does encourage all of us to notice that when you slow down, the world slows down with you. And this is something, bite for your mom, bite for yourself. It's, some, it's, it's not a big book. It's something that you can take with you wherever you go. Just open it up, read a page. It's, it's little short messages, beautiful illustrations. It's a gem and an absolute treasure. You are listening to People of the Book, and I'm giving you some suggestions of what to buy for Mother's Day. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. You are listening to People of the Book. I'm Janice Leibovitz, and today I am giving you some suggestions of what to buy for Mother's Day. If you are like me and you are lastminute.com, then maybe you still haven't bought your mother a Mother's Day present and you still don't know what to get. So here are some suggestions. Yes, it's a book show. So yes, these are mostly books that I'm suggesting to buy for your mom. Or if you're the mom in question, then maybe these are some books that you can suggest that are bought for you. Or maybe you're the type of person who goes out and buys your own gifts and then informs your family of what they have bought for you. You know what? We're all different. There's no judging here. Um, so let's throw a spanner in the works. This is a great book called The Mother-in-Law by Sally Hepworth. It's a twisty, compelling novel about one woman's complicated relationship with her mother-in-law that ends in murder. Listen, I'm not suggesting anything. Please, um, these are just, I'm reading book blurbs here. Don't, uh, no, no, I, I'm not, don't, don't refer to me, don't. Don't mention anything I've said on this radio show or this radio station. I'm just reading from, from what, what it tells us about the book. Okay, so you can't, can't say anything about us here. So, from the moment Lucy meets her husband's mother, Diana, she's kept at arm's length. Diana is exquisitely polite and properly friendly, but Lucy knew that she was not what Diana envisioned. But who could fault Diana? She was a pillar of the community, an advocate for social justice who helped female refugees assimilate to their new country. Diana was happily married to Tom and lived in wedded bliss for decades. Lucy wanted so much to please her new mother-in-law. That was five years ago. Now, Diana has been found dead, a suicide note near her body. Diana claims that she no longer wanted to live because of a battle with cancer, but the autopsy finds no cancer. The autopsy does find traces of poison and suffocation. Who could possibly want Diana dead? 
Why was her will changed at the 11th hour to disinherit both of her adult children and their spouses? With Lucy's secrets getting deeper and her relationship with her mother-in-law growing more complex as the pages turn, this new novel from Sally Hepworth is sure to add to her growing legion of fans. So, um, yes, The Mother-in-Law by Sally Hepworth for those who like their fiction twisty and dark and a bit more compelling. Um, let's get on to something a little bit lighter. Erica James. So this is her latest book and really anything from Erica James. It's, she writes the most gorgeous books. They are always, they draw you in from the first page. They are those those books that are comforting, you want to curl up on the on the couch with something warm to drink and something yummy to eat, and you don't want to put them down until you finish. They are like the saga type of books. They're all always about families, and she writes the most stunning books. And her latest book, perfect for Mother's Day, it's called Mothers and Daughters, a sweeping family drama of old secrets and new beginnings. Even happy families have their secrets. Since the sudden death of her husband, Naomi has steadily rebuilt the life they shared in the village of Tilsham by the sea. Her eldest daughter, Martha, is sensible and determined, just like her father was, and very much in control of where her life is going. If she could just get pregnant with her husband, life would be perfect. Willow, the youngest, was always more sunny and easygoing, yet drifted through life, much to her father's frustration. But now, with charming new boyfriend, Rick, she has a very good reason to settle down. The three women are as close as can be, but there are things Naomi has kept from her daughters, like the arrival of Ellis, a long-lost friend from way back, now bringing the fun and spark back into her life. And she certainly never told them that her marriage to their father wasn't quite what it seemed. So this is Erica James who returns with another gloriously compelling tale of mothers and daughters, secrets and love. And really, if you don't find this one, um, any Erica James is just a gorgeous family read. It's her, she just writes gorgeous fiction and another one who never disappoints. You know, some authors, you don't need to read reviews. You don't need to read what anyone else says about them. There are some authors that you just buy without knowing anything about the new book or you just pick them up and you buy them. And she's one of those. So um, I would recommend that one. I haven't read it. It's fairly new on the shelves. So um, yeah, I would, I would really recommend anything from Erica James. One that's also really new, um, it's not light reading by the sound of it. Another one that I actually haven't read, but I've heard quite a bit about this one. It's called Looking for Jane. It's by Heather Marshall. And if you like books by Joanna Goodman or Genevieve Graham, this is a debut novel about three women whose lives are bound together by a long-lost letter, a mother's love, and a secret network of women fighting for the right to choose. This is inspired by true stories. Um, it's written about, it's a historical fact book, and it's written, uh, it's funny, I often read books that are British-based. I don't know if it's necessarily because I prefer them or it's just the way things work out. This is actually based on historical fact, things that happened in Canada. 
um, a country that I really read about for some unknown reason. I don't know if there aren't a lot of books written based in Canada. Um, in 2017, Angela Creton discovers a mysterious letter containing a life-shattering confession in a stack of forgotten mail, and she's determined to find the intended recipient. Her search takes her back to the 1970s, when a group of daring women operated an illegal underground abortion network in Toronto, known only by its whispered codename, Jane. In 1971, as a teenager, Dr. Evelyn Taylor was sent to a home for fallen women, where she was forced to give up her baby for adoption, a trauma she's never recovered from. Despite harrowing police raids and the constant threat of arrest, she joins the Jane Network as an abortion provider, determined to give other women the choice she never had. In 1980, after discovering a shocking secret about her family history, 20-year-old Nancy Mitchell begins to question everything she's ever known. When she unexpectedly becomes pregnant, she feels like she has no one to turn to for help. Grappling with her decision, she locates Jane and finds a place of her own alongside Dr. Taylor within the network's ranks, but she can never escape the lies that haunt her. Haunt her. Weaving together the lives of three women, looking for Jane is an unforgettable debut about the devastating consequences that come from a lack of choice and the enduring power of a mother's love. And if a book was ever timeously released, I think this is probably the one with uh, the recent passing of, of this law in America about banning abortion. I mean, I can't actually, when I heard that, I can't actually believe that we are in 2022. It seems draconian. So this is Looking for Jane. It's by Heather Marshall. Um, possibly not for the faint-hearted from, from what I can read about it, but it, it really sounds fascinating based on historical fact. As I said, you are listening to People of the Book and I'm talking about books that you can buy as gifts for Mother's Day. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book, and today I am giving you some suggestions of what you could possibly buy for Mother's Day, whether you're the mother in question, whether you are still thinking of what to buy your mom for Mother's Day and possibly still at a loss. Um, well, obviously, a book is always a great gift. Well, I mean, look who you're asking. I'm never going to suggest anything else. I try and give books as gifts whenever possible. So one book that I always, always suggest when people ask, what should I read? What's a good book? What did you enjoy? Well, this one I loved. And I mean, if you are female of a certain age, then your secret crush, your famous Hollywood crush, whatever, Matthew McConaughey. Well, you know, I'm just not going to say anything else. But I think it was last year he came out with, well, let's call it a memoir. It is a memoir. It's called Green Lights. And it's very, it's rather unconventional. It's filled with raucous stories, outlaw wisdom, and lessons that he learned the hard way 
about living with greater satisfaction. And the book is just gorgeous. It's one of those books that it's, it's not your, your usual run-of-the-mill book. It's written in, it's got hand, it's written like, like he's written it in his own handwriting. It's like, it looks like a diary, like he's scrolled all over it. And it's got these little um, doodles all over it. And it's, it's just the most fabulous looking book. Um, also, I can suggest that you listen to it on, on Audible or some kind of, um, however you listen to, to books, if you listen to books, because he narrates it himself which is just amazing. Uh, he wrote it when he turned 50. And he said he's been in this life for 50 years. He's been trying to work out his riddle for 42. And he's been keeping diaries of clues to the riddle for 35 years. And notes about successes and failures, joys and sorrows, things that made me marvel, things that made me laugh out loud, how to be fair, how to have less stress, how to have fun, how to hurt people less, how to get hurt less, how to be a good man, how to have meaning in life, how to be more me. And recently, he worked up the courage to sit down with all those diaries that he's writ he'd written and found stories that he'd experienced, lessons he'd learned and forgot, poems, prayers, prescriptions, beliefs about what matters, some great photographs, and a whole bunch of bumper stickers. He found a reliable theme, which was an approach to living that gave him more satisfaction at the time and still. If you know how and when to deal with life's challenges, how to get relative with the inevitable, you can enjoy a state of success that he calls catching green lights. He took a one-way ticket to the desert and he wrote his book, which he describes as an album, a record, and a story of his life so far. It's 50 years of what he's seen, felt, and what he's figured out, what is cool, what was shameful, graces, truths, and beauties of but brutality what he got away with, what he got caught at, and how he got wet trying to dance between the raindrops. And hopefully, he says, it's medicine that tastes good, a couple of aspirin instead of the infirmary, a spaceship to Mars without needing your pilot's license, going to church without having to be born again, and laughing through the tears. He describes it as a love letter to life. It's also a guide to catching more green lights and to realizing that the yellows and reds eventually turn green too. It is absolutely fabulous. As I said, it's not a conventional book. It's not a conventional memoir. It looks like he scrawled all over it. It looks like there's post-it notes stuck all over it, bumper stickers. It is just fabulous. It's the most gorgeous book. It's possibly not even a book that you would pick up and read from start to finish. Although, obviously, if you listen to it, you would listen to it from start to finish and it would make more sense. Um, but it's just fabulous. And as I said, to hear him narrate it is just something special. It really, really is. Also, if you are buying this as a gift, and if you really, really love the person you're buying it for, hint, if it's your mom, um, you will also buy her the accompanying Green Lights Leather Bound Journal. And then you will also give the person some peace and quiet so that they have time to write in the journal because the journal is also stunning. Blank pages, space to write down thoughts, feelings, just journaling time. 
it's stunning. The journal is also just gorgeous. Leather bound, leather cover, and green lights is just something that I cannot recommend highly enough. You might have gathered, by the way, I'm just carrying on. It's just stunning. And it's also just a gorgeous gift book and something that you want to just give someone if you care about them and you you want to just give them something really, really special. It's Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Hopefully I have given you some food for thought. Hopefully there's something here that you'll think of buying for someone that someone might like, your mom. Maybe if you're the mom, you'll go out and buy it or tell someone to buy it for you. But um, it's quite a varied list, so I hope there's some something here that catches your eye, catches your fancy, and I wish everybody just a wonderful, wonderful Mother's Day. Just enjoy it and spoil the people who you love and tell them that you love them. Life is short. And until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other. I think we are back to wearing masks. Things are not looking so great. So wear a mask and read a book.